Hello and welcome to the Freemasons Podcast. I am your host, Right Warshall Brother, George Mudry, and with me tonight... Brother Rocco. Brother Seth. Brother Daniel. Brother Henry. Warshall Brother Joe. We are all here. We got quite a few tonight. I didn't think we were going to have that many. I didn't either. I didn't either. We're going to be covering the American Revolution, starting with the Boston Tea Party. My favorite, because it was all full of Masons. But, before we get into that... We're going to get into our normal Masonic toasts to those who like the podcast, Preston Matthews, Nathan Moss, Matt Keithley. Sorry if I butcher your name again. I suck at it. Brothers, right hand arms. 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 Ready. Ready. Aim. Aim. Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Together, brothers. Leave up. Jesus fucking Vivat! 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 You're fired. Get out. Damn, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh. You Sorry, could guys. fuck up a wet dream in the middle of the I, ocean I in a canoe. Let me tell you. Holy <laughs> shit. All right. So. That's the first one. That's the first one. Hey, Rocco. Guess what? Fuck you. <laughs> You're off the hook, Rock. I was going right. to say, everything was perfect up until that moment. It was. It was. That's what right. makes it great, right? All right, we're going to get over here to some other people. I actually on Instagram. I'm ran but 907 started following us. Wait, wait, wait. say that. Say that yeah. one more time. Yeah. Yeah. Swear to God. It's as bad as the other guy. It was uh what the hell is that freaking one that he hey, did? Would you, hey, would you blow me? <laughs> Bulk Friars. There's another one. And then we have Jim158 started following us. Uh, we got a couple others as well. Freemason Lifestyle, Anchor Bell Lodge. There was a bunch of them. But those are just a couple I wanted to uh, point out. Time of Change 2, MJ Miller, which would be Mike Miller. There's uh, quite a few. Anyway, Henry Slacking again. You put it away, didn't you? Oh, he did. Joe's got it over here. Never mind. I just like yelling at people. I'm in a yelling mood today. Blaming other people. Scream at somebody for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) I don't ever do that, Dan. George. I wish Raph Seth, would just, Seth I what think, were you saying before? Wait, when was the last time you talked to Raph? I feel like you might miss him. And you're just a little angry, right? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But what are you talking about, George? What were you saying before? Oh, how do I look, Seth? Oh, yeah, he's looking, he's looking <laughs> a lot more Puerto Rican than usual. <laughs> oh, shit. The, the black hat, the whole black hat. Black I mean, hat. I, I would be kind of worried if I saw him in a back alley. No, you know what? I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> See? Even though you're a little scrawny fuck. <laughs> you. <laughs> Actually, hey, you guys want to laugh? Orson O'Bear changed his profile picture. Oh, my God. Did you see the fucking size of that guy? He's a fucking monster. Holy shit. Did you see his comment on that photo? No, I didn't. I didn't see what he wrote. He wrote something to the effect of uh, five years since I got out, probation's finally ended. Holy fuck. <laughs> Holy which I commented, shit. congratulations on getting your life back together, brother. Wow. <laughs> That's a big fucking dude. Another uh, person I talked to actually was Michael Altrich. And he sent me some video that uh, I'll show you, share with you guys afterward, but he's on that rig and he's kind of going through the catacombs of the oil rig out in the ocean when that typhoon or, or not typhoon, a uh, cyclone is yeah. about to hit it. And you could hear the waves beating the shit out of the metal of the side. It's fucking nuts. Also, on top of that, he also informed me that he's 6'3", 237 pounds. So, yeah, I'm a fucking midget. I think we yeah, need you are, George. I think we need a bigger room. Yeah. <laughs> These oh, guys are going to start coming. We need a bigger boat. So, brothers, did we toast the Instagram? No, I don't All think right. right Brothers, right hand arms. Arms. Ready. Ready. Aim. Aim. Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Together, brothers. Viva. 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 Good job, Seth. <laughs> I did it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm in full on dick mode today. I just want you to know that. So. Uh, as for five-star reviews, we don't have any more. We didn't get any. And again, the only son of a bitch. No, what? <laughs> Actually, uh, it's funny because Apple iTunes doesn't update five-star reviews right away. It takes a couple oh, of weeks for whatever reason. It does, it's very oh. weird like that. 
anyway, let's get into the fun of it. Um, we're going to get into the Boston Tea Party. We're going to get into the American Revolution and some people that are in it. Uh, I particularly chose the Boston Tea Party because it was basically started in a Masonic Lodge for the most part. And uh, I got some, some notes here. And I really didn't go any further than the Boston Tea Party. So if somebody else in the room who should have done their homework has anything to offer, then uh, Rocco's over here. He's got his computer. He's got the big giant mouse pad. Why, why are you looking at Rocco? Because I listen. I just I'm I'm gonna ask a favor. If you're over 200 pounds, don't fucking eat chili and then come to the lodge. I'm just saying. Oh, oh yeah. Was, yes. was that Steve or, or not? No. We're, wait, I was wait. not here for that. Yeah, you missed yeah, it. Yeah, but as someone's, as I'm sitting around this table, someone's ripping ass. Okay. So, no, no, no. We had our meeting. Okay, before we get into this, we had our meeting, right? We had our meeting. What was it, Thursday? Oh, yes. Okay, we had our meeting Thursday. We had a vote on a couple of people, so there was some movement around the lodge. And Brother Rafferty... And Brother Donnie, Just I don't know what the fuck grip. they ate, but we're in a lodge God room with damn. the doors closed, and they smoked out everybody. <laughs> now, mind you, like Donnie... 76 Kenworth or a Jake break? <laughs> no, it was like SPDs, right? So Donnie's the marshal, so he sits literally almost directly in front of my desk. And he was just going off like a fucking machine gun. And he was literally smoking me out. I wanted to go throw his ass in the chamber of reflection behind my desk over there. And fucking yeah, Well, he here. walked in there, if I remember oh, correctly. Oh, he fucking I'm amazed stunk. you didn't pull the door out. I was like, we're all brothers, but I was ready to murder that son of a bitch. He stunk. But it was funny. Didn't he warn you? No, he didn't warn me. He was laughing his ass off while he sitting in front of me. Wait, no, Matt warned you. Matt warned you. All right. Enough of the shenanigans. Let's get into the Boston Tea Party. All right. Boston Tea Party. Building purchased. The Green Dragon Tavern is the building. It uh, was later called the Freemason Arms. Funny. But the building was purchased by St. Andrew's Lodge in 1764 in Boston, Massachusetts. The lodge was upstairs and there's a tavern downstairs. Sounds familiar, fellas? (laughs) Downstairs, we got Jimmy's Restaurant, so. Brother Joseph Warren lived a few houses away where the Sons of Liberty held their meetings. So... Joseph Warren lived a couple houses away. Sons of Liberty all met there. I'm going to get into their names as well, so you know who the Sons of Liberty were. They had jewels with a Liberty tree on them. Kind of funny, huh? I don't know any other organization that wears jewels around their necks. The North End Caucus formed uh, formed guard to prevent tea from being unloaded. Brother Edward Proctor from St. Andrew's Lodge was the leader of this. Paul, uh, Brother Paul Revere commanded another guard called the Selectmen who walked in pairs observing British troop military movements. So you had this one group, which was the North End Caucus, who was basically blocking the, the, the uh, tea from coming off of the boat. And they were harassing them all that stuff. Anybody who's seen the, the show John Adams, it's on the history, it's on, excuse me, HBO, it's a show. It's really good. It talks about the life of John Adams and during the Revolution and everything. But that's where all the tarring and feathering and shit came from. And Paul Revere, with his group, would, they, were, they were called the Selectmen. And they would actually walk the streets in pairs, and they would watch the movements of the British troops so that they can calculate where they were going to be at certain times. Both groups, uh, excuse me, the Selectmen met at the Green Dragon Tavern and took an oath on a Bible. So let's get into the times that led up to what was going to happen. And this is actually recorded in the minutes of St. Andrew's Lodge. November 30th. Records at St. Andrew's Lodge indicate that the lodge is adjourned this night on account of a few brethren present. In the note, it actually says, consignees of tea took up brother's time. Now, consignees were the people who were unloading the tea. So, in other words, they, the consignees were breaking the balls of the caucus members. So they were, which is why they didn't make it to lodge on time. December 16th, which is the evening of the Boston Tea Party. Lodge again only had five members present and closed on account of few members present. The Sons of Liberty painted their faces black and carried hatchets using signs and countersigns to communicate only gruntings of and take tea back sounding like mohawks so they weren't 
trying to sound English or whatever, you know, I don't even know if they maybe they may have spoken in an accent back then, an English accent. I don't know. But they were trying to disguise their voices and their faces to sound like Mohawks. So what they did was they ended up obviously going to the, the harbor, Boston Harbor, and they busted up the tea and they threw the tea into the water. They ended up going back to the Green Dragon Tavern and celebrating afterward. Now, here's an interesting fun fact in regards to the Green Dragon Tavern. They stopped drinking tea. The Patriots stopped drinking tea. So anytime somebody came into the Green Dragon Tavern and ordered tea, they knew that they were a Tory or a loyalist. However, if they came in and asked for coffee, they knew they were a Patriot. And to this day, it's more prominent that Americans will drink Drink coffee coffee. than drink tea. And that still continues to this day. Pretty interesting fun fact, though. It is, for sure. And that's why the whole tea thing... Is basically you have English drink tea and we make fun of them. We don't make fun of them, but you know they drink yeah, tea. Serious. Well, we do make fun, yeah. of, them. We make fun of them. I'm sure they call us damn Yankees and, and yeah. you know, but tea. yeah, we make fun of them sipping tea. But we drink coffee, so you know, yeah. we're also considered not elegant, and we definitely sure as fucking elegant up here. So. No. <laughs> I'm talking about this is classy. But it's quite the, it's quite interesting classy that even to this day that stuff. Americans still are more prone to drinking coffee than tea. Yeah. And it all pretty much stems from this. No charges were ever brought. One eyewitness stated that if the trial was held 3,000 miles away in London, he'd come forward. However, the governor was afraid that the jury would be stacked with quote-unquote Mohawks and would attack the proceedings. So the governor was actually afraid that they were going to do to you know continue their bullshit. Kind of funny. Sons of Liberty were actually originally called the Loyal Nine. Uh, however, uh, the Loyal Nine, I don't have th- their names and everything on here, but the Sons of Liberty, I do have their names. And here they were. Samuel Adams, Mason. Benedict Arnold, Mason. John Hancock, Mason. Patrick Henry, Mason. <laughs> James Otis Jr., I don't know of. Paul Revere, Mason. <laughs> uh, James Swan, I'm not sure of. Alexander McDougal, I'm not sure of. Benjamin Rush, Charles Thompson, Joseph Warren, Mason, <laughs> uh, Marinus Willett, I don't know, uh, Oliver Prescott, Christopher Gaddinson, and Hyam Solomon. So there was quite a few of them that were Masons. I'm pretty sure that all of them were Freemasons. I mean, most of them were members of St. Andrew's Lodge and all that. So They never had an official roster. Uh, however, in 1869, a handwritten list was given to the Historical Society of Massachusetts, and it was titled, An Alphabetical List of the Sons of Liberty Who Dined at the Liberty Tree. And it was dated 1769, and it had 300 names that I'm not going to go through. <laughs> that is unreal. So there was 300 names on this list that popped up from 1769, and it was given in 1869. The authenticity, I'm, I'm sure, is authentic because, I mean, if the historical society took it, yeah. it's probably authentic. The, and after the, the war, the group Sons of Liberty actually officially disbanded in 1783. However, we have some in, I have some interesting information on that. So when we were moving from the church up to here, there was this one cabinet that no one had the keys to. No one knew what it was about. And had no idea what it was about. And I got a phone call one day from, I can't, I can't remember the brother's name, but he's a Mason, but he's also a member of what's called the Order of the Red Men. And the Order of Red Men is actually a, the oldest fraternal organization in the United States of America, and they model themselves off of the Sons of Liberty. And the Red Men is probably because of the Indians. Mm-hmm. The Indians, the Mohawk, the Mohawk thing. Yeah, yep. I, that's quite interesting. So yeah, that is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And I had no idea. There was this random cabinet. The guy's like, hey, can I come get my cabinet? I'm like, uh, <laughs> what fucking cabinet? He's like, oh, there's a cabinet up there for the Red Men. And I, when we, when he was up here, come get us. Yeah, sure. And I said, what's the Red Men all about? And he's like, well, we're an organization, blah, 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 blah. And he's telling me all about it. And, yeah, turns out. How did we end up with it? They used to meet in our uh, lodge room in the church. I guess lack of membership, they eventually... Not the Spurs, they just stopped meeting. Well, how'd they find out that the 
Word travels. They just word travels quickly. Found small out town. That small town. Word oh, travels amongst. You guys us. moved, and you actually took my cabinet. Yeah, he was asking for it back. He wanted the cabinet, and I told him, I said, yeah, you're more than welcome yeah, to it. Come, yeah. come get it. No, 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 I don't. Yeah, I'm not trying to. We definitely should have given it back. It's his cabinet. I'm all about just, reviving old fraternal orders. I would love to yeah. see if they do any initiations anywhere near <laughs> and bring that chapter right back here. Well, speaking of other orders based on the Revolutionary War, is anybody else here a member of the Order of the Sword of Bunker Hill? No. That is a fraternal organization... Uh, pretty much dedicated to General Joseph Warren that you mentioned before, who died at the Battle of Bunker Hill. Mm. And that's what the, the sword of Bunker Hill is. It's a patriotic Freemason organization. Okay. Um, the closest one to us is based out of uh, Rhode Island. But every once in a while, they'll come down and do the sword of, the order of the sword of Bunker Hill degree. Oh, wow. Which is really cool. It's got its own cool little initiation ceremony. Uh, I, I've been a member for... Probably oh, you're actually a member of it. I'm actually a member oh, of it, Oh, that's cool. Yes. But they, they don't meet. Um, it's just one of those, you go through the degree once, and then you're a member of the order. And oh, wow. There's certain things that they'll do. There's certain things on their website. But uh, it's kind of just one of those fun things. But it's based. their tenets are based on the uh, patriotic aspect of Freemasonry and the brothers that wow. um, were a part of the, the forming of this country. That's really cool. I, I did not know that. I, again, I heard of the Red Men. And, you know, after doing this a little bit, you know, a little bit of research on uh, the Boston Tea Party, uh, I, I actually, I'm curious about it. Like, I actually am curious about it. So I may kind of look into that at some point. Well, next time I see uh, that they're coming around and doing a degree, they usually yeah, let me do know. it down in the New Canaan, Norwalk area. Let me know. I'll definitely let you know. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, moving on from the Boston Tea Party. Anybody else doing any homework? Everyone's looking at me bewildered, like, yeah. I mean, All right, I'll did, keep going. I'll tell you right now. I looked up the Boston Massacre in relation mm. to that. And the only thing that I could come up with, free, Lincoln Freemason, was that Paul Revere made an etching. And he his it was part of the his propaganda movement where basically he Oh, was there was some propaganda. To, yeah. <laughs> That's all that I could link to masonry as far as at least the Boston Massacre. Paul Revere has a famous etching of the Boston Massacre mm -hmm. that is basically anything you look up as far as picture wise for the boston massacre which the boston massacre was that was uh, a propaganda British. thing in itself yeah mm. let me explain why uh, let me take it back a little bit the french and in, in, uh, french and indian war happened you know where americans were trying to move a little bit west and kind of moving into indian and french territory and they started attacking the settlements of americans the american colonies asked the english for help english colonies showed up fight ensued the Americans and the English want. Now, anybody who knows when you go to war, the country incurs a debt. Mm -hmm. War's expensive. Yeah, okay. of course. The Americans at this time were not paying taxes at all. Zero. But I they, wish. They, I know. <laughs> fucking tell me about it now. The English came to help. They incurred this debt, and the Americans weren't paying taxes, and the Americans didn't offer. They were like, oh, they were just kind of, well, thank you. Cool. They're gone. <laughs> Thanks. You know? But what happened is England kept this debt. And they wanted to start taxing the American colonies to try to get some of their Offset money back. The money, yeah. Well, the Americans weren't having it. Now, mind you, some of them were okay with it. I mean, whatever. You're going to tax me. You're going to tax me. The problem was taxation without representation, which means they were just throwing taxes on the Americans, and the Americans couldn't talk about it. Well, they it weren't was, getting any benefits from the taxes. Exactly. It was yeah. taxation without representation. Yeah. Now, here's just the thing. The taxes that they were imposing were bullshit <laughs> they it were was really probably on every little thing it was the first one was this was the stamp well, i was just about to say like connecticut <laughs> it actually wasn't it started off with one tax and it was called the, the the stamp act which is where they were going to start taxing papers and stuff like mm -hmm. that and i mean realistically it wasn't it wasn't incredible it was like a cent for every i mean granted in those times yeah you're cent was the money more, difference, but i mean yeah, really whatever, it was yeah. really wasn't um it wasn't a crazy tax right yeah but it's still you know again like paul revere who was a printer and you had other people you know thomas Paine, who was a printer they didn't like it yeah so what they did is they nobody started wants to get taxed it they sucks. started rabble rousing yeah so then you get into the tea thing and they started attacking the tea now mind you, let's start with the boston massacre yeah. do you know how the boston massacre actually got started yeah it was a private arguing with uh one of the, the uh -huh. uh, well i can't i think of the word right it's now a couple soldiers Fighting with one guy. 
Yes. And it created a mob. And then the mob. The grew. mob started whipping snowballs. Snowballs. At, they said snowball sticks and snowballs. I did. Uh-huh. I look. I know. So exactly. the, yeah. the American this and now my there were also yeah. <laughs> some key people in this crowd who were agitating, agitating yeah, it yeah. even worse. Yeah. So what happened was, I guess one of the soldiers got popped in the face with an ice ball and fell to yep. the ground, mm-hmm. and the British soldiers lit him up. Now, I'm just no, saying you can't. Soldier. It was the same so, soldier. I, hold on, actually, I did do. You did. Oh, see, you did do this. You I did, but I didn't. What I was saying. I got saying, you. You didn't go into detail. Masonry. I want to just Saint Valentine's Day massacre. And I was actually would have done more research. Yeah, that's Saint Valentine's Day massacre. For those who don't know, was Al Capone and the Italian mob uh, <laughs> gunning down their rivals. It was called the Saint Valentine's Day massacre. So that was another Italian crack at the end. Sorry, I know we just met tonight. No, no, no. It's hey, Seth already gets credit for calling me more Puerto Rican today. <laughs> so it, it, let no, me, no, while I'm continuing, yeah, I'll right. just continue with this. So whoever threw the ice ball popped this one British soldier in the face. Now I want to talk this in modern days. Let's say cops were, oh, I don't know, guarding Grand Central Station. And a bunch of people were outside and decided to start firing ice balls and snowballs at cops. What the fuck do you think would happen? So the English soldiers, the British soldiers, fired on the crowd, and everybody no, took off running. This, and the one that I said, it was Private Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah, and he was hit and knocked down, and he was the one who fired into the crowd. After a few seconds of stunned silence, a number of other soldiers fired into the crowd as well. Three <laughs> colonists died immediately. Two more died later it's a from hell their of an wounds. Ice ball. If I'm standing guard and somebody hits me with an ice ball, I'm not saying I'm going to shoot them, but someone's getting fucked up. Well, this is where what they said. If I were sitting here on his ass with an ice ball, you guys would start laughing your asses off, and I'd get more and more pissed. And then, yeah, I'm probably going to take a shot at somebody. You know, look out your face right now. Don't be a bitch. Get up. That dude just hit you in the fucking face. Hit him again. Hit him again. That was a woman yeah, who no. threw it. You want to know? You know what I? You see that three-year-old like, boy threw that thing? I do. What I found interesting about the whole thing is that a lawyer, John Adams, agreed to be their lawyer. Mm-hmm. Although he was a patriot, Adams thought the he thought they should get a fair chance. You know, he thought they should get a fair trial. Six soldiers were found out of eight soldiers. Six soldiers were found not guilty, and two were found guilty of manslaughter. Yeah, which is kind of wild because it ended up being I multiple mean, snowball fights. But, see, fire, here's, yeah. but yeah. see, here's just the thing. Okay. It wasn't just a snowball fight, though. This it wasn't just a snowball yeah, fight. They started this, throwing rock sticks. That, it was instigated. Without a doubt, it was instigated. Yeah. And But what happened after that incident happened, they called it the Boston Massacre. massacre yeah. It really it was, wasn't a massacre. No. A couple people, three well, people got shot. I think well, Five people died. Five people died. Five people died. But In a crowd it wasn't a massacre. They, I think they but the way that, hundred? you know, Paul Revere and all the patriots who were running the printing press, presses portrayed it was that it was this big oh my god thing. Well, this and is what does that yeah, do? Paul but Revere, if you look the at the cool picture, part about, Paul um, Revere's picture is actually a captain like ordering a line yeah, of yeah. soldiers line of guys to, to open yeah. fire on an, a crowd. And this well, that was social media back then. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. That's, 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 you can't believe everything right you see in pictures. Yeah. That's exactly. what it would be. And that's exactly. And you know what? It rings true to this day. Yeah. Propaganda is you can't believe the most. Anything that you see on the, the media <laughs> is the most powerful. Paul Revere said that. Yeah. The media, as long as you present them as facts, as long as you present them as facts, exactly. But no, in all truth, propaganda is the most powerful weapon mm-hmm. on this planet. The the words are the most dangerous thing. Yeah, agreed. But, and if I recall correctly, with that story too, one of the in the story, one of the people that died was a like a ten year old kid or a yes. twelve year old kid. Uh, there was a kid and that really got. There was people. another one that was. It was actually a, oh, of course, a slave that, the whole that was a. Right there was a guy that was a slave that was actually freed from slavery. I was going to say, it was a black was, kid, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was one of the bigger names. Yeah. yeah, there's a, there's, out of the five, they all have their own little, like, And they martyred them, too. They yeah. made them, they made them martyrs to the cause. Yeah. They really, like, yeah, pumped yeah, their exactly. story up and everything mm-hmm. else. To, and it was basically to turn people against the English yeah. or against the British. So. 
when the reality was it was just a bunch of soldiers was, who a misunderstanding. Yeah. Oops. Oh fuck. Now it's no. Deep. You know what's funny when historical. Let's get into Paul Revere's ride. Paul Revere oh. was not the only one who took off from Boston. They Correct. went in all directions. Actually, there was one guy who came here through Connecticut, and there was one that went through Rhode Island. There was a bunch of riders that night, but the most famous one was obviously Paul Revere. Why? Because Paul Revere is running the print presses. Paul Revere's a mason. Who's telling the Who's story? Getting if I could be famous, <laughs> if you all can get for doing what I what I do for a job, and I can make myself famous, why not make exactly. myself famous? But, so Paul Revere. No, I mean, how are you no, going to be famous? Though? My point is, but Paul Revere runs the printing. Right, yes. You know, you just burn me right Relax. there. Every time. Every <laughs> like, if we did something cool, we'd put it on the podcast. Exactly. Yeah, hell yeah. That's what we would do. Yes, and if Rafferty was up here, he'd take credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. The wise people take credit for other people's achievements. Or... Or somebody will just remain silent. Over there. Yeah, he's smiling at me. Joe, Warshall Brothers are smiling. About. <laughs> I'm just having a good time. But so Paul Revere took <laughs> off in every direction. I believe it was Paul Revere actually got caught too on his ride. I know he got stopped. I, I know, know he got stopped. I don't know if he got caught. Yeah. But when the British were marching after that, the British started marching to Lexington and Concord. And they, had, they got to Lexington and... I think that's where they met the first. Oh no, they, they there was nobody there. Then they abandoned Lexington and moved back to Concord. Rocco. Yep. Back check it, Rocco. Back check it. <laughs> anyway, I believe that they abandoned Lexington and went to Concord. When they got to Lexington, looking for the weapons, they were not there because they had the the, the uh, what do they call them? The Patriots, yeah. Minutemen, whatever. They took their stash of weapons and stuff, and they disappeared. They went to. They moved it out of there so the British couldn't get it because that's what mm -hmm. the British were after. When they got to Concord, they ran into uh, the Patriots again. And the commander said, do not fire until fired upon. And they basically had this little Mexican standoff. And someone, to this day, doesn't know who fired the first shot, whether it was the Americans or the British. Nobody knows. But there was a shot rang out and back and forth had at it. Broom. The American I mean, Patriots. There was one trigger happy guy there. It's all oh, he was just waiting for it. It could have been somebody from a window. It yeah, could have been. Could have been you know, a lot. It could have. It might not even have been anybody on the battlefield. It could have been a hunter out in the woods. Nobody knows where it came from. But the shot rang out, and they traded gunfire. Obviously, the English, being better trained, dispersed the colonials. And the, the, they the, only the lost minute. one. In the beginning of guerrilla wars. I'm sorry, Rocco. They only uh, lost one guy. Who did? British, for that on that. First, uh, on that first one. On the first what happened shot. afterward was a whole nother story. They got to where they thought the cache of weapons were, and of course they weren't there. Now the British were on their way back to Boston, and it is estimated that over uh, 3,000 militiamen who heard the story of this going on from across Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, came running. And they went up there, and the British, who march obviously, with their little Pfeiffer banner. Yo, we're marching back, and here come these colonials. You like that? It's gonna be the new opening song. But they're in they're in formation, marching back to Boston, and the Colonials, this is the first elements of what was known as guerrilla warfare. They were hiding behind trees, they were hiding behind rocks, and they were harassed them the entire way back. I believe it's estimated between 300 and 500 British soldiers were cut down while, these, while the Colonial militias were swarming. And they chased them all the way back to Boston under heavy gunfire, and it wasn't until they got to Boston that they were safe. But they chased them down. It was pretty. It was pretty. Yeah, but did the Americans learn there from their mistakes or what they actually did? No. Then we went to Vietnam and suffered <laughs> yeah, honestly, from that's a good point. That's somebody that's who's never. Or, that's somebody. That's, that's a commander actually, that's, that's never read Sun Tzu's Art of War. That yeah, that's actually crazy though to to see that we actually love did that practice. fucking book. By the way. Uh, Love that I book. I've read that book cover to cover at least 20 times. That's a What's it called? Big freaking book. Art of War. Too. Love it's that book. Super, super famous. The Art, Art of War. The Art of War. Sun Tzu's Art of War. And he basically talks about how to conduct warfare. And believe it or not, it's not even just uh, in war, but no, many people who use... You can apply, use, it, to every can apply it to every of aspect of life. Of life. Yeah, no, it's one of those books that when you read it, you realize how you deal with your life and opponents in your own life. You can break it down to smaller aspects. Where when you look at war, everything's a battle. My, Whether it's a debate with 
your boss, your superior, your lower people who are trying to challenge you because they want your girlfriend, bitch, your girlfriend, your wife, everything else. Yeah, same. It's it's, and you can look at your life differently. My absolute favorite quote in that entire book. I know we're getting off subject here. My absolute favorite quote in that book from Sun Tzu is, "Keep your plans as dark as night." And descend on your enemy like a thunderbolt. I fucking love that quote. Oh yeah, you're gonna look it up now. It's freaking awesome. What I'll tell you, an easier read but similar is the Forty Eight Laws of Power, Robert Greene. The Forty Eight Laws of Power is basically a collection of all those. Is it a guy in a sweater? Robert with Green. his hand on his face. I don't know doing what the, he looks like. I, I'll be completely honest. Joe's laughing his balls off. He knows I'm fucking with you right now. So. Oh. It's like a self-help book, isn't it? No, You're into not, those, aren't you? It's basically a history You're powerful, Dan. You're beautiful. How to deal with power. <laughs> I told you, Dan, I'm on my shit right now. Fuck you. I just like the fact that George keyed in on the, the keep your plans dark. Yeah. Part of that. I have to appreciate it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Keeping your plans dark as night. Joe's over here with a I, big ass fucking smile across his face. All right. <laughs> I have nothing to say on that matter. <laughs> yeah, that book's a great book, though. If you guys ever get a chance to read it, and even our listeners, if you have a chance to listen to it, it is a fantastic book. And it's not just, I mean, you can apply it to war. Yes, that's where it was derived from. Yeah. But. But you're also talking about, like, horses, <laughs> war. Any conflict, really. Any conflict. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, so back on to the Battle of Lexington in Concord. It really wasn't a battle. It was more of an ambush, so to speak. I mean, we, we glorify these things as the Battle of Lexington. Battle. The battle, there was no Battle of Lex- Lexington in Concord. The British showed up. They shot at the Americans. They ran like little bitches. They waited till their friends came back, and they ambushed them as they're retreating. <laughs> and they literally chased them all the way from Concord. And if you look on a map, it's quite a distance walk. They hit them from all the way from Lexington and Concord all the way back to Boston. And the closer that they traveled to Boston, the closer they got to Boston, the more militia kept pouring in and pouring in. Another interesting fun fact between the British and Americans, the American weapons were actually... The American weapons were actually better than the British muskets. More accurate. Do you know why? No. I think it's primarily because they were used for squirrel hunting or something that. is like absolutely that. correct. Targets. Really? The British muskets, were, they were not fluted. Anybody who knows anything about uh, yeah, yeah, weapons, the, it, the, the barrel bullets. of modern-day weapons is fluted, which means it looks like a spiral. Yeah. So when the when the bullet comes out of it's the... It's spinning when it comes It's spinning out. when it comes out of yeah. the barrel, which gives it a f- faster velocity, much like a football being thrown in, you know, right. in the sports. Exact same, exact same like concept. Exact same concept. A spiral, coming out a spiral or a spinning object will yeah. spin much faster than a stationary one. So the British musket balls, when they came out, they were you had like a, to hit. you had a, like a knuckle ball, right? Yeah. You had a 60% probability of actually hitting your target from under a hundred yards. Okay. Which is, it's eh. a good, I mean, but again, if you aim weapon, for their head, though, that's pretty if, if the British aim for their head, you might catch them in the leg. Well, you think a hundred yards of football field. So from a football field away, that's actually pretty 60% is not bad. Eh. Not for a rifle. Though. Not for a rifle. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. You give me, yeah. But you're talking about. You give me an M16 and A2, I'll knock corners off a target no, from 500 yards that, out. How many, uh, or how much, sorry, how how well built were these rifles back in that day? Were they were given that much accuracy? No, absolutely Rocco. not. So 60%. Fact check it. Fact check it, Rocco. Accuracy, accuracy of a musket. Accuracy of a musket. The modern... <laughs> That was a fucking shot. <laughs> that was a good one, though. I might have to clean up the audio on that one, Seth, because that was fucking good. But anyway, let's talk about the difference, though. The musket ball, when it came out, literally just came, came out up. like you were throwing yeah. a knuckle ball, yeah. whereas the American rifles were fluted, and they were used for hunting. So when they fired, it would spin and come out, which not only gave it a better accuracy, but a longer range. Yeah. So there's actually stories of American soldiers would or oh, I call them soldiers, but realistically, they weren't soldiers. They were militiamen. They were, the militia. they yeah, were yeah. average Joes, hunters, and everything. And they would climb into trees. And here come the British. And I'll do the voice. I'll do it for you again. Right. And when the officers would come by on their horses, because you know officers are distinguished gentlemen, the American snipers would pop them right in the right in the face. Boom! Drop them off the horses. Now you have a bunch of. You have to understand the English military at this time. 
the elegant or gentlemen's were the officers. Your plebs and your normal soldiers, they didn't know shit. Yeah. There wasn't no... Yeah. You had corporals and sergeants, That's but they it. weren't commanded. The yeah, exactly. So yeah. these soldiers yeah. would yeah. go, holy yeah. shit, we just watched yeah. our commander and everybody... And everyone looked at each other like, what the fuck do we do? Like, oh, 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 oh. And they would clip the officers and then run. So. Yo, so it was it was not accurate at all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fire away, Rocco. Most of them didn't even have sights on uh, the fucking gun. So there was no iron. You can't expect much. And, and so it's going at a velocity, yards, velocity of uh, 1,000 feet per second. It's And, and the ball's already dropping. Yeah. Yeah. So it barely comes out of it. So. At 25 yards, it drops one inch. Yeah. At 50 yards, four inch drop. That's why a lot of a lot yeah. of uh, soldiers or people who stood in the line, which I never understood that concept of fucking war, is to stand there and oh, let somebody line. take yeah, a fucking no, round at me. Yeah. Right. It's polite. It's the way. Fuck to do you! It. I'm hiding behind a fence, a rock, or <laughs> I'll be gillied the fuck up. <laughs> but, dude, I I don't understand. Like, what do they have because, to do to get to the back end of that line? Like, <laughs> I swear to God, yeah, I'll, be line, I'll be in line. I'll be in line next to the dude. Like, dude, I'm God. glad we're fucking reservists. <laughs> like, you know what? I did like five. You know, I survived five rounds of like <laughs> being in the front line. So, so now they move back. Get, you yeah. get pushed to the back. Like I'm on the fifth row. <laughs> That's it. Every battle for the fifth yeah, row every, every time. Win, so shortly after battle. that, let's get back on subject again. Shortly after that, Joe, you got anything, or you go over there? I'm good. Okay. So shortly after that, what you had was General Washington, who was, he showed up, which is kind of funny. He shows up to the Continental Congress in full military regalia. What do you think he was vying for? He was vying for commander-in-chief of the army, right? He ends up getting it. Again, he's a Freemason out of Virginia. They didn't want a northern guy to take command because they were trying to get the southern colonies on board with the American Revolution. So in order to do that, it got started obviously in the Northeast, but they picked a Virginian, a Virginian, I believe they're called. Uh, he picked one of them. Do you know what we're called from Connecticut? Um, Assholes. <laughs> Connecticutites. Connecticutites. Come on. I swear to God, look uh, it up. I'm Rocco, fact check me. Rocco, fact check me. What are we called as Dude. Connecticut citizens? I thought it would be Connecticutians. As Connecticut <laughs> citizens. What are Connecticut <laughs> citizens called? Uh, Go ahead. Anyway, moving on. So they picked yeah. a Virginian to try to get the southern colonies to join the war, which they ended up doing it. Connecticuteers. Oh. Connecticuteers. Like a mouseketeer. Oh, like yeah. a mouseketeer, yes. Yeah. Speak of mouseketeers, you have the – I mean, you got the whole – you mm-hmm. got the mouse features. I'm not going to lie, Dan. You got the big-ass ears, scruffy. scruffy face. Anyway, can we get back on subject? George Washington. No. Like Pinky in the Brain. All this shit's getting edited out. <laughs> so, George Washington heads north. He gets outside of Boston to see the militia, and it's a ragtag group of just shitbags. Like, there's no any type of co- cohesion. Cohesiveness. Thank you. You're welcome. Cohesiveness to the military. He grabs hold of it. However, at the same time, Mr. Ethan Allen decides he's going to take the Green Mountain Boys and he's going to head up to Ticonderoga to get them cannons from Fort Ticonderoga. Fort Ticonderoga, have you guys ever been there? No. It is. No. Fucking cool. They've basically rebuilt the fort back to what it used to be, but the fort was actually left in disarray for many, many years. But they rebuilt it, and it is cool. It's a, the dumbest place to put a fucking fort ever. Here's why. Because you have a basically a giant hill across the river, which is the Hudson River there, right? And basically the British, when Americans did finally take Ticonderoga, they just put their cannons on the top of the hill across the river and were just shelling the shit out of Fort Ticonderoga. So Ticonderoga is actually the bottom of a valley, so to speak. But it was built to protect the river. Anyway, but it's in the middle of nowhere. So there's nothing going on up there at Ticonderoga. So the English soldiers up there were extremely laxed. And basically what happened was, and this is where Benedict, excuse me, Benedict Arnold and Ethan Allen got into a fight because Benedict Arnold had showed up under <coughs> General Washington's orders and said, I'm in command of this. We're going up to Ticonderoga and I'm in command. And he had no soldiers. 
it was just him coming to take over the Green Mountain Boys. Mm-hmm. And the Green Mountain Boys were loyal to Ethan Allen. And they, and they said, basically, fuck you. So what ended up happening was Benedict Arnold had to take a back seat to the, the fighting. And there was no real fighting. Basically, they caught him at early in the morning in the dawn. And they were, like I said, they were basically unprepared. They had their pants off. There was no guards up. They basically busted into the place, took all the, the British soldiers captive, and took the... Took over the fort. Took over the fort, took all the cannons, and brought them down to Boston. So, quite interesting little uh, yeah. turn of events for for that. I think we should probably move on. I think we should probably save the rest of it because, I mean, the American Revolution is a long thing. But it's quite interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's very long. What are you playing over there, Joe? No, I'm scrolling through an article. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you guys over here playing, playing piano tiles. No, on the phone. I am on the Masonic <laughs> You're singing piano, man. <laughs> Looking at three piano tiles. I'm contributing to this podcast. <laughs> I won't name names. <laughs> but no, I was just looking up uh, and to the extent that you want to edit this out, go right ahead if you need to. No, no. There is a part of our obligation which refers to uh, being subordinate to your government and not leading mm-hmm. a rebellion. Right. Which I always assumed was added afterwards. Um, but it's actually, as of 1723, um, it was in the Masonic Constitutions that um, you would not take up arms against your government. Or, uh, I'm looking for the exact word here, never to be concerned in plots and conspiracies against the peace and welfare of the nation. And I know there's a lot of reconciliation with the brothers with that and uh, we're very conflicted because now, of that part of the obligation. See, act. here's just the thing. Now, in regards to the American Revolution, the American colonists never felt like they were part of the British Empire. So in their minds, they were not violating their Masonic oaths. They were not violating their Masonic oaths because they were Americans. Right. They didn't consider themselves British, subject, British subjects. Again, I think there are also very extenuating circumstances because, you, you know, Freemasons, again, we had the, this conversation in the last podcast with the Nazis and everything. If you get some despot government that comes in and tries to basically disband you and break you down and, and do horrific shit, I've always said, and there's actually a famous Freemason who said it, and he's actually the Grand Master of the Scottish Rite. He'd said that the Freemason himself is not a dangerous person. However, when you come after the Freemasons as a whole, it's a whole nother story. Yeah, I can believe that, absolutely. I actually found it shocking at the last podcast. I wasn't here for that, but I did listen to it. Yeah, that was shocking of how recent some of those like persecutions and everything were like 1940s is like you know not that long ago at all at all like it's really not and that's our our grandparents yeah that's exactly it that's our grandparents generation that that were getting persecuted for being freemasons that's kind of scary actually to you know have a government against you Uh, as a group like that and it could happen very quickly yeah and yep. I apologize. I have not listened to that podcast yet. Did you get into the whole? Um, Just giving you a synopsis. We, we basically went over all of what happened to the Freemasons in Nazi Germany, Italy, and including uh, Spain and all over the place. And their, their persecutions and everything. But they also fought back as well. And I think that rings true even today. That Freemasonry has always been... Stands for, I mean, what's the three things we, our basic tenets are, you know, fraternity, charity, and what's the third one? Come on now, it's on my sweatshirt. I don't have that. I'm not wearing I'm actually wearing my Vivac shirt. Yeah. Oh, I'm three beers Hope. in. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm a, pretty Hope, much faith, and charity? Yeah. Hope, faith, and charity. Thank you very much. And that's pretty much what Freemasonry stands for. <laughs> Good job, Rocco. We will never, we will never infringe on anybody's civil liberties, including civil liberties including your beliefs or or things you belong to or anything like that again we do a lot of ball bust what yeah no nothing no 
again, we've made it quite we've made it quite clear before. You can become part of the of you know the Elks Club. You can become part of the no, yeah, we're not Knights know. of Columbus. Yep. We don't really care. You can believe any religion doesn't matter. Like it's not what we're after. We're we're looking for the good of people. Yeah. And we're not in a, an oppressive group that's gonna like you know. We're pretty much open to everybody. When you come after somebody's civil rights or their civil liberties or you try to oppress them or put them down or control them that's where you're going to get a backlash from freemasonry and i think that's pretty much our only the only dark side sort of freemasonry it's not really dark i mean if you look at again in terms of the nazis they fought back about those sons of bitches and even held lodges during pow camps that's pretty much all i got on that Sorry, we kind of get off the topic. Yeah, of we got we straight. That's fine though. You know what though? I'm pretty much. I'm. I'm. I'm, 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 I'm tapped about the, uh, about the American Revolution right now because you can. The next thing you can well, probably you can get go, into. You can dive real deep. You can dive real deep into involved it. and what they did. And again, we're talking. We're talking over a long period of time. Yeah, That's a lot exactly. of podcasting going on yeah. for that. So. Everything before, then you get to go into, you know, mm-hmm. even after and the effects of it, Freemasonry continuing. What else? Any other brothers got anything? No, I got nothing. I think my favorite guy is still. What? My table's clear. Civil War. We could get it to some Civil War. I think Civil War would be a good one. I think Civil War would be a good one. We need a fucking around episode, though. We've been do we've been hitting the intelligence shit pretty yeah. hard. We need to we need a serious no, well, ball we, uh, episode. I almost want to see a, a good question answered. I don't know. You, we could do a question and answer. Something something like that. I don't know. Yeah, let's I know do a you question get and answer. A bunch of questions or something. Civil but I do agree that it should be a, like a light, lighter episode. I think it should be a lighter episode, not so much heavy information. Yeah, we're gonna do some fuckery at the end here. We might even stop this in a minute. Go well, to some after where, hours. Yeah, we should go. We should George, almost do a regular Illuminati discussion. Since, since we've been oh, here we go. So, this is the image that's actually on my shirt that yeah. I made, and. Uh, Rocco, can you read the bottom of that? It's I, actually a picture of the Green Dragon Tavern. It's got a Masonic symbol in the corner. It uh, says where we where we meet where we met to plan the what is it cons consignment consignment of a few shiploads of tea, December sixteenth, seventeen seventy three. The funny thing about this, right, is... It's actually know the they, image I have on a shirt. Right, they all went to lot. Or they all went to, like, they, they didn't have a quorum, so they mm-hmm. kind of mentioned in the lodge minutes. It sounds like this is like a night of drinking. Mm-hmm. They went out, they went downstairs, they were like, yo, you heard they're holding back the tea, why don't we go throw it off the boat? Sounds like something. Yeah, sounds like, it sounds like something that can happen here after any it, podcast. It, really. Yeah, exactly that. It sounds like a night out with Phil. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with more probably after the podcast. I'm not gonna lie. No, a night out with Phil. I actually would. I could see That's us all like, Yo, doing something ridiculous. No, no, no. And, and I'll then tell it you, becomes a moment in history. I will tell you <laughs> history why it's different. First off. Phil wouldn't have us dressed in his mohawks. We'd be dressed as Teletubbies. Number two, no one would be coherent enough to actually write minutes. <laughs> no, you, for, first off, I actually would give you a little bit of credit because I could see afterwards George writing the minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Just force a habit, cocked out of his mind, yeah, and, and get to the hero Phil of the story. It would look attended like- <laughs> Rocco <laughs> Seth. All in attendance for Phil's fuckery. All spelled just yeah. differently. I'd be looking at my notes like, what the fuck did I write? What cipher is this in? <laughs> what cipher? <laughs> right. This is drunken Masonic just, codex no, it right here. It seems nonchalant. Like, oh, yeah, we just, a few, we're going to stop a few loads of tea. No big deal. Exactly you know, it's like, you know reading into it, though, it was quite interesting. Guys. They all didn't meet at the Green Dragon Tavern prior to. Many of them were actually sitting on street stoops with blankets over them trying to cover it. They painted their faces black like Indians. Others uh, met at the Green Dragon Tavern. Some stayed at home. So they kind of came from everywhere. So this was a planned event. This wasn't just we're fucked up. Let's we're, let's go fucking fuck shit up. Yeah, a drunk at the bar. They were they. Th- this was a planned event over many many days, which is why you had the selectmen checking to see where British troops were. Which is why you had the uh, the northern the North End Caucus keeping keeping them at bay. So this was all very well orchestrated. They knew, they knew, orchestrated. They knew exactly. 
They knew exactly what they were up yeah, to. Yeah, but I'd want to be part of the group that said, you know what, let's go have a few beers first. And then, <laughs> and then we'll go throw yeah. some tea in the water. Oh, yeah. They actually went afterward. There's actually, I, I can't cite the website for it, but there's actually. Uh, this is exactly. There's a story that they all, it, it was shortly, oh, God. I have to find the. I'll, I'll cite it next podcast. Mm-hmm. But there was actually a website that talks about they went there and they partied it up after they did it. They went yeah. to the Green Dragon Tavern. Exactly. <laughs> like he <laughs> said, it could definitely be something that Phil. Hey guys, guys. We might all brother, be sons of brother liberty. Brother so and so just said, just said to me that we gotta all meet up. We're gonna grab some stuff. We're gonna get some tea or something. Don't don't worry about the details. Just come Just to the come bar. Here. We might be all time. Sons of Liberty reincarnate up here. I think we should get one of those people that do past life bar. regressions. <laughs> let's go, fuck them up. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, let's go. That would be a hell of those a Those dudes podcast. are assholes anyway. But I can tell you right now, fuck there's taxes. no fucking way I'm getting hypnotized in this room of people. There's no fucking way I would allow that to happen. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Yeah, let's let's, let's start a, this. We're doing a toast, and it's vivat, 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 and then I'm clucking like a fucking chicken. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Oh, my God. Hold on. You know what would be even funnier? <laughs> The funnier thing than that was, let's say you were the culprit of the polar prank, and we did get a hypnotist up here, right? And I, they while you were hypnotized, I, I had a code word, right? So I'd wait for you were in a bank, and let's just say I, let's just say I had the hypnotist. Let's just Hypnoti- say that you put a lot of thought into this. Yeah, right? I know. most Jesus, certainly have. Wait, 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 wait. You let me finish. He let me finish. He's tired of the whole polar thing, but he still brings right. it up. No, no, no. This is revenge. But this is straight revenge. But you know when a joke is the funniest? When no the person, one knows who got it. No, when the person that's the, the subject of it gets really pissed off and says, you know what? <laughs> yeah. It's not fucking funny, funny anymore. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's the funniest goddamn moment of a joke. I'm just saying. That's so fucked up. Let me finish. the truth. Let me finish my hypothetical hilariousness, right? We had somebody come up here and hypnotize Joe, okay? And we gave him a code word that when this code word is used, he starts talking like he has Tourette's, right? I would call him up when he's in a bank, and he'd just be like, shit, fuck, cock, piss! <laughs> and, and just that's re- why I will not be hypnotized <laughs> around any of Hang on for a full eight seconds. Yeah, no, no, no. That's, I, I can't allow that. We'll do it to Rafferty. Oh, my God. This already jumped into an after hours. Yes, it certainly did. Fuck it. Uh, at this point, I'm not even going to shut it off. Like, we're just going to pause it. At this point. He's just going to cut it into <laughs> two episodes. Uh, no, I'm not even going to. I'm just going to let it run. We're only at 54, so we're good. We haven't even hit the hour mark yet, so. Oh, shit. We haven't even talked about all the movie trailers going back and forth. Uh, yes, I did. Last podcast, I brought it up. Yeah. I said about the yeah. movie trailer war yeah. going back and forth. I have, yet, I have yet to release your last one. Okay. I've yet to what? release it. I've only shared it with one or two others through instant through the direct message. Yes. That was it. It's the only <laughs> two I've I've shared well, it with. And they are OGs. So yeah. I'd shared it with them and they laughed their balls off. They thought it was fucking hilarious. So like the Scooby Doo stuff. Like the yeah, yeah. So yeah. Rocco's packing up. He's leaving. He's had enough. No. He Rocco, said, fuck this retarded conversation. I'm getting the hell out of here. Before this gets sour, I'm cutting out of here. 